Hello and welcome to Bebel. I hope you are enjoying your August bank holiday weekend. Don't forget, September, we start our Sunday socials again in Brown, Thomas and Cork, so you can book in for them on Eventbrite. But first of all, today, we have a great guest, Sabrina Hill from Copper Hair in Cork City. So, welcome, Sabrina. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Dying to get you on. So glad you're finally here. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm really excited. Like, love podcasts. Love it. And I love chatting as well. Uh, Delight to be on and humbled that you asked me. Thanks a million. Oh, not at all. I know you like chatting, babe. So, uh... (laughs) Well, I do remember being in school one time and a teacher saying, you're going to amount to nothing. Oh, yeah, because I talk so much. One of the drivers in life. One yeah, of the well, do you know, life. my school report actually always said, we wish Sean would think before she speaks. <laughs> Nothing has changed. No, 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 that's okay. Absolutely. It's what makes us. So, abs- well, I think so. Mm. I always say I've got honestly Tourette's because it just pops out my mouth and then I go, oh, did you mean that? But so you're I'm not so- cursing or saying squirrel or anything like that. No, so it's not too yeah, bad. No, I'm, yeah, I'm not a squirrel person. I've got plenty <laughs> of friends that are, but actually, yeah, no, not a squirrel person. But uh, I'm so pleased to have you on. Um, I know we chatted a little um, and we talked about the podcast itself. And, you mm-hmm. know, for me, it's all about women um, and everybody has a fantastic story. So today I want to find out where your story began. Okay, so basically start from the beginning. Absolutely. Where were you born? Okay, I was, well, I'm actually not sure where I was born because I'm adopted. Okay. Um. So I, I was born in Ireland. Yes. And then my gorgeous parents, Mike and Mary, adopted me. And how old were you when they adopted you? I was very young. God, it was only a couple of months. I'm not oh, actually lovely. quite sure. Uh, my brother was adopted as well. Yeah. Uh, he's a little bit, um, he's a little bit younger than me. But we're not biological. But a lot of my family are adopted. I have other cousins who are adopted. So, And I think our parents were so open about it that yes. it is definitely not a big deal. Yes. I still get astounded when I talk to people and I say, oh, I'm adopted. And they go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah. why are you apologising? Oh, my God, to but me, you were picked. That, that's what Mary told me. Yeah. Mary had this beautiful story of where she like came in and walked on down past all the cots and then pointed in and took me. It was a lovely little story to get when you were younger. Not so lovely then when Michael came along because I thought I was the only one that was going to stay there. Um, I remember at one stage saying, like, can we not just, like, send him back to Fota with the monkeys? <laughs> Leave him out on the island. Oh, bless her. How old were you when Michael came along? I, like, I wasn't that old. Okay. I was only about two. There's a year and a half, kind of two years between us. Nice. But I, like, vividly remember sticking the hands in between the cot bars and pinching him. Yeah. I was so unhappy. I was that child. Yeah. Evil. Like totally I evil. I was the youngest for time as well. But now I feel really embarrassed because I was seven doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it I doesn't was like, matter. No, no, I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest. But it's like you've been dethroned. Yes. Like literally, it's like as if there's no understanding yeah. because you've always had mummy and you've always had her hugging you and holding you and then you have to share her. So, yeah. like, whether you're younger or older, I always wanted to be number one, so it didn't sit well with me. Oh, bless. And and did you, like, but then did you, like, start nurturing that younger brother? I don't know what, I only have sisters, so. Do you know what? I think we kind of, like, killed each other. We were the typical Irish family where if anything went wrong, like, we would blame each other. And if yeah. I hit him and he started crying, I'd be like, hit me back, hit me back. <laughs> don't call mommy. <laughs> Like literally, I remember like at one stage we fought so hard that the Sky remote, we just got Sky into the house. It oh, was wow. a big deal. Yes. And I made him watch it 
Do you remember the it's the oh new it's coming out again like okay, I was how old? evil. Oh no, I was I can't evil. Watch that now. I was eleven. <laughs> and he was like about nine and I made him watch it. And we had a big huge fight and the remote ended up in the fire. Oh like my literally God. Sky was taken out of the house. Like dad was like, No, That's the it's end gone. of that. That's the end of that. We killed each other. But then we got to kind of like adulthood and we just have this kind of bond now where we might not talk every week but it's unbreakable it's unbreakable but I think we've been through a lot and I've been through a lot in the past things that have brought us really closer as family and I think when you're adults you really get that and the one thing I take from growing up is that we had great parents we had parents there that set out good rearing good breeding and that we really value the importance of family. It's like I always like I look at my brother and when I talk to him it's like we're the mafia. We're the Hennessy yes. mafia. Like yeah. we literally get what being a real close family is about. I love that. And I, I, I'm always the same like I always say sibling rivalry and sibling love. You mm. just step, you kind of step across it, don't you? Yeah. As you get 100%. from one age to another, like I'd be the same. I'm very close to my older sister, but we were like twins, mm-hmm. two years between us. But like, I just, I'm obsessed with her now. Yeah. And just, like, you know, isn't it so much nicer to be obsessed when you're an adult? Yeah. When you can get it like. Absolutely. When you can completely get it. That's yeah, something I really respect. Really, I think you're really fortunate when you have that, that's, that closeness to siblings. Mm-hmm. And even when you fall out, like you can say, like I said to my best friend, oh, she just got on my nerves. And they say, oh, yeah, she's so annoying. And you're like, uh, no, 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 she's not annoying. And do you know what? I can say that, you can't say yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But the yeah. funny thing is, I've actually never fallen out with my brother as an adult. Yes. Never fallen out with him. And actually, I didn't realise that there now until you even said that. We haven't fallen out. We've always stuck together. We always had each other's backs. Um, And you know what? My mother and father are gassed. They would never, ever kind of like bitch about us. Do you know, to each other. I hear some kind of like mothers talk about one of their daughters or being a hairdresser. You have people chat all the time. And like they never have done that. They would never speak about each other. And I think that stopped that. We have that value. Yeah, no, it's nice. And so where did you guys grow up? So we grew up in a town called Fermoy. Okay. um, North Cork. Um, pretty small, pretty small. And we had a regular kind of childhood. Like we grew up a little bit like five minute drive outside the town. Okay. So we went to this little school, Grange. Not Grange and Douglas. <laughs> There's lots of Granges in Cork. It's something that I realised over the years. But we went to this little primary school, which was great. Um, there was only about 10 in my class. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. We grew up and... and did uh, you left school? I absolutely detested school. Oh my God. I really, really did. Like... Primary school was okay. I just think that everyone was kind of like different. Um, families were different. So you just kind of all get rolled up into one. And when you're young, you just don't have a sense of opinion around them. And where you grew them. up? Like, were you, did you grow up in a, like in a, in a, a no, estate? Um, or was it all the it houses? It was a detached of, house, kind okay, of country Okay, so everybody road. was living mm-hmm. sort of a little distance. So it's not exactly. like you go next door to your mate's house. Well, we did. Yes. But we did. But I don't. You just walk there. I don't even have really a relationship with anyone I went to primary school. Do you know, yes. went to primary school with. Um, um, I found secondary school a lot harder, um, much more difficult because I think that's the like from like secondary school and college, you kind of end up meeting people that you're basically going to hang out with for the rest of your life yeah. or keep kind of a good bond with. And I found with secondary school, um, I definitely found that I started suffering from anxiety. I never realised 
I suffered from anxiety. And unfortunately, because I was a bit of a messer, um, that anxiety didn't keep me quiet. It did the opposite. I was more chatty. I was always kind of on an act. Um, I found it very hard to make friends. Um, and I used to worry a huge amount about what people thought Were about me. Were you quite me. active at school? Did you play in teams, sports teams? No, I wasn't okay. the sporty kind of girl. That's interesting. I was kind of like the cool girl. I kind of tried to hang out with the cool girls. Yes. That didn't always go in my favour. I do remember kind of like a couple of mean girl episode things um, going on. Like literally kind of with this fake smile plasters to my face like being the butt of a joke yeah. that happened a couple of times and even I remember when it happened I didn't really get it I didn't get it so I just tried to kind of please them more and and tell them what they wanted to hear and it kind of resulted in me making a little bit of a fool of myself and I found that if I was kind of the funny girl that if I kept chatting that was going to kind of like go better for me than being quiet yeah. And I do remember, I remember one situation going back to that teacher. I was in fifth year, I was about 17 years of age and having a teacher say to me, oh, you're never going to amount to anything um, because you keep talking. And I met that teacher a couple of years later when she came to my business Brilliant. to see how her young fifth year I was getting on at work experience. And I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, <laughs> the moment she walked through the door, I was like, this is that this, this is, is it. it. Yeah, no, it was a great, great, great moment. It was. You must. Did you say you must have said it? Some, oh, sorry, I can't stop talking. <laughs> no, no, I didn't because oh, she just came in and she said, "Could I speak to the owner?" And I just went, "You are speaking to the <laughs> owner." And she pretended she didn't recognize me. Now, the f- crazy thing about this is she lived five doors away from my mother. Yeah. So, like, she did know who I was, but you know what? What's the point at that stage? My pr- point was proven. So like at the end of the day, there was many other times in my life that I can map out little things like that situation that were really drivers. So she did me a favour. Oh, no, absolutely. Mm. Well, you have two choices, though. You'd made the right choice because you have two choices when someone says something like that to you. You either believe them or you don't. Mm. And you didn't believe her. I don't think it's that I didn't even believe her. I just don't think I took it in. Yeah. I was more worried about what the other girls thought. So I was kind of like, that was just part and parcel having a teacher say something like that to you. I I would have taken that, I would have rolled it up, I would have talked twice as much and and walked on. That's it. Like, if one of those girls said it to me, you're going to amount to nothing, I would have believed that. Yes. That's scary. That's that was scary. Your group. That was your gang. Exactly. And the power I see even with my own son, who is 17 now, the power that other young people have over him, like not in a bad way, but just like how young people worry about what other people think of them. And it really kind of like it makes them choose paths in life. And I think that's really, really scary. I remember speaking one time with a woman that comes into me and she is like she would have always been. I know this probably doesn't sound the best, but she would always been a little bit rough and ready. Right. And she went on to become a foster mother, raised three beautiful children and now fosters kids. And it was the one thing I really wanted to know when I had a younger son starting out in secondary school. I wanted to know some skills that maybe I could get that my son wouldn't go through, let's say, situations that I would go through. And the one thing she said was that you always have to be very friendly with your kids, um, with their friends, invite them in and be friendly to everyone. Like literally become that parent 
that knows what their kids are doing and who their children hang around with. And I thought that was really good advice, yeah. knowing that, kind of like knowing who does they hang around with. Does she mean though be with. a friend or does she mean be friendly? Be friendly. Open door policy. Open door policy. Yeah, my mum and dad were the same. But Very control li- who you're yeah. friends with. Yes. And and I think that has bode me well as, as well, Do you know, with rearing Aaron um, and kind of controlling who he's friends with. Yeah. And it's funny, so you chose, we all choose different routes, I think, at at secondary school. I Mm -hmm. chose sport because that's how I got into my tribe. Mm -hmm. You chose the popular girls and and to be funny. Um, And and sort of when you came out of school, did you stick with those people? No. And life changed for me drastically within, let's say, a year or two of me leaving school. So when I started secondary school and when I was leaving, I was quite old. So I was 18 going on 19 by the time I did my leaving cert. Um, I hadn't a clue what I wanted to do. But I did and do... And had you done any jobs well, during school? When I was 15, yeah. my father sent me out to work <laughs> in the local spa, which it, it has been fantastic. That was spa as in as in the little, or as the spa? No, spa the as spa. in the, the, the shop. shop. Okay, <laughs> I was checking. A, I was a deli girl. Oh, cool. <laughs> I make a great sandwich. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> there are skills in life actually you need because Absolutely. it makes me really cross when I go to delis now and find that they can't yeah. make sandwiches. Cut it right. So it was great training though. At 15 years of age, I 16, I knew the value of money. Yes. That is something I'm very passionate about when it comes to young people. My son works now. He's been yeah. working since he's 16. Um, I worked there. I knew I didn't want to do that. Yes. Um, however, I also did some work experience in, what did I do? I did work experience in, oh God, a Montessori. I, like me and kids don't go at all okay. at all. And I did another <laughs> week in hairdressers. Yes. In a local hairdresser's in Fomoy. Oh, and I decided that was the less that was the thing. of the evils. The lesser okay. of the evils. So I decided that I would just go do that because the girl that owned the salon offered me the job. Now, and that's tough. Apprenticeship, apprenticeship, I should say, in hairdressing is tough. It's hard work. Do you know what? I paid for my socialising. Yeah. So at the time, I, I was kind of like, okay, this is great. Um, and then I, when I was 19, I fell pregnant. Changed everything. Everything in my life it was horrific okay it was the single most worst thing I could ever have thought could happen to me um, it changed my life even though I didn't have a huge plan I still had a plan that I wasn't going to get pregnant in fact I didn't really want children and I was now with someone who's now my husband with someone that um, I didn't really know and I was pregnant and it was really really difficult and how long have you been together? About six months. Oh, wow. Okay, and really didn't know each other. Yeah, no, Didn't absolutely. know each other. And 19. Hello. Yes. <laughs> so young. Yeah. Uh, red flag, red flag, red flag. Yeah. <laughs> and all yeah. I remember was that like there was a good few girls that had got pregnant and they were kind of quite happy about it because they were going to get social welfare and they didn't have to work anymore. That was not what I wanted for my life. Yes. It resulted in me obviously kind of like being very going into myself. Um, I stopped becoming friends with people. Um, I was... I was depressed, yeah, but I didn't realise it at the time because luckily I had such a supportive family, mother, father, um, boyfriend um, brother. and brother, everything, everyone. Um, and I went into myself, but I do remember being out one day and meeting three girls that I went to school with. And they were like, oh, we haven't seen you in ages. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're pregnant. And I was like, yes, yeah, yeah I'm pregnant. Right. Are you still with the father? And that was a moment where I was like, oh God, they're looking at me like the way I look at other girls who are yeah. pregnant. And then they were, and are you still doing hairdressing? 
And then the way they said it, it was the tone of their voice. It was like that it was something lesser than what they were doing. By the way, they were in, they were doing in Mary Macklish, studying to become primary school teachers. Okay. And they no longer do that. And now they're clients of my salon. So, but which oh is God, they're so listening. It's just like like listen. Do you know what? Now I've had you the conversation the with, with one yeah, of them absolutely. since You'd about have it, the with and it. I don't think I suppose that they really had poison or malice when they were saying it to me. No, they, they were, were very young themselves, exactly. Yeah. And I suppose I would have taken it up that way. I'm so glad I took it up that way. It was my driver for yes. years. I wouldn't have the business that I have. I remember I when I qualified and then I went on to work in another salon I had the opportunity to take that salon over in Glenmire which is Copper Yes, the salon I worked in I then took over I remember many times my accountant saying this really isn't working you need to shut it down and all I could remember was those three girls in front of me saying oh are you still hairdressing and I was like no way no way man this is not happening. I'm not giving this up. There's no way I'm giving yeah. it up because I'm proving it to them. Yes. The one thing I can see in life um, is that I never knew at that time what my driver was. I always have a driver. It's I changed. Think, yeah. And I think, you know, different people at different stages of life, they get that light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed a lot of people at different ages and it's amazing me actually how a lot of people now are getting it much earlier than I did. Mm. Um, but it's different for everybody. Um, I was always too busy to work out what my driving force was. I was too busy driving. Yeah, that's true. You know? Um, but there's always a driver and it annoys me that I can never find out what my driver is. Like right now, I don't know what my driver is. I remember a couple of years back, it being that when the recession happened, uh, we struggled a lot. We had to get help from our parents, um, paying the mortgage, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember thinking, I am never... I mean, never going to be in this situation again. And my driver was to save up enough money to put away for Aaron's education. Um, I don't know what my driver is now, but things kind of... You always have to have one, remember? And, really? and And your main, like my, well, I say you don't always have to have one, but my main driver is happiness. Mm-hmm. And it really is that simple. So I drove for 10 years for a family. So everybody thought my driver was money, but actually it wasn't money. I had to make money to give it to other people. That's a very good way of looking at it. So actually, it wasn't money because I was giving it away straight away mm-hmm. anyway. But the end goal was happiness. The end goal is still happiness. Yeah. It's just a different kind of happiness. And it's what, what costs your happiness, what, what, what you need for it to well, Now I'm not giving my happiness. money to anybody else. Well, yeah. Now I'm going on holiday. <laughs> actually, that is one thing I did notice over the years that one of my main drivers is time off. Yes. Because that, that's really, really hard. Yeah. It's really hard when you're kind of like successful and you're trying to... It's like it's never even hard when you're kind of dr- the drive and the hustle. Yeah. It's when you get there keeping it there. Yes. That has been kind of like more difficult for me. And to stop having ideas. Yeah. But like... And, and so that that's goals. It is. But well. sometimes you can have too many goals. When we moved into our new salon two years ago, um, within the space of a year, I opened up two other companies. I I saw. Oh, like I was I was. Do you know what? Watching it. Nobody, <laughs> nobody sat me down at the time. Yeah. I know it's not a place I was like a driving force. Nobody sat me down and said, "Are you feeling all right, Sabrina?" Like literally, and said, "What no, are you doing?" No, they looked at you and went, "She's well able." Yes, do you know what I mean? But that's that. That's what people do. And Drive you, forward uh, until yeah. the start of this year or last September. 
when and I know you it need has to been have a documented kind of like where I needed to have time off because it affected my mental health. Yeah. Um and literally that was going on since like the September before. I literally sat on a couch for four months and watched nothing but gossip girl when I got home from work because my brain couldn't process anything else. I could not process anything else. Divide that just, down. I've never watched that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you have no idea and how many episodes and it's, and there it's is. it's coming back out, isn't it? Oh, no way. Is yeah, it? yeah. Starting <gasps> again. Oh. I've never even watched it, but I know that. I actually think I, I won't be able to watch it because it'll just give me memories. It'll give me oh, such yeah. memories of, of back then. So, um, like, literally, it was, it was a really, really tough time. You can be too busy. Absolutely, but mm-hmm. it, it, it and it is getting that that medium. I I never took holidays. I take holidays all the time now. I don't. I don't. You know. I'm not What's your favorite place? Favorite place this year, probably has been Rome. Oh my god, Italy is my favorite country yeah. in the whole world. I just loved Rome. I, I just, just thought... booked Pasitano for October. Okay, I haven't got a clue what that is. Oh go my god, Google. that's the Amalfi Coast. You need to okay. go there. It is just I, I go there nearly every year. I was very lucky to go there one year with work. And I was like, oh my gosh, pinch me it. moment, that's it. We go back to Amalfi once a year. But I'm going with my friend Denise, who is one of my business partners. Yes. Another fab woman. Yeah. Another driving force. Um, we've had a tough year, the two of us, but she's had an even tougher year. Um, she's had to have her thyroid removed and she died. There was, there was a whole load yes. of kind of health things that happened. So we're celebrating in October for her big four O. Oh, lovely. And my 3-8 and we're going to Positano. I'm very old now. Positano. <laughs> you're only as young as the young one you're feeling. Stop now. Absolutely. My husband's a lot younger than me. <laughs> there you go. Explained. Oh, bless you. So at 19, we find out we're pregnant. We find out we're pregnant. Had Aaron had a major um, breakdown after having Aaron, which resulted in me being put on medication, which resulted in me um, going through some psychosis. I ended okay. up inside and... Um, in hospital for quite a time. It was really, really difficult, probably more difficult for my family because I don't remember much of it. Okay. I was heavily medicated. Sedated. And I suppose um, not that I want to be a spokesperson for mental mental health in this country. It's so disappointing to see even as far as coming back to, let's say, this year now and back then that not much has changed. Not much has changed and the support really wasn't there. I was put into a unit where there was lots of people who had like some, I saw some terrible things. Yeah. I saw people attempt their life. I saw people do things themselves. I should not have seen that. I was a 19 year old young mother who went through something which arguably they didn't understand at the time. But I just needed to talk. I needed to be looked after and to be talked to. And eventually my parents took me out of yeah. that situation. And through years of cognitive behavioural therapy, um, by the time I was about from 19 to 26, 25, I had just a lot of therapy and it really, really worked out very well for me. And like obviously those people obviously made a massive difference to you long term of your coping mechanisms. Cognitive behavioural therapy was single most wonderful thing that I think they need to do in secondary schools now because there's a lot of people who are in hospitals or in therapy or counselling that it's wasteful. And break it down for me, Sabrina. What does it mean? So basically, let's just say if I was having a certain negative thought. Yes. It's basically teaching you how to break that down, change it into a positive thought. Now, it does take about 10 little steps. So let's say if something happened, it would make me question exactly um, 
what is that doing to you right now physically? So if you talk yourself through the physical kind of anxieties, it is has been proven to take down 8% of the feeling of anxiety. Okay. Then if you kind of work on, on exactly what's the worst thing that can happen. Now you're training your brain. There's a, some, a lot of exercises that go with it. You're training your brain that in the future, that within 10 seconds, they that process happens and you can flick it. And some people can do that naturally. I can do it naturally yeah. now. I can do it naturally now. Yeah. There has been a couple of times recently where I found it more difficult, but I have found that I have gone back to the cognitive behavioural therapy and it works fantastic once I went back and retrained my brain again. And through that, throughout that time when, when you were learning those tools and mm-hmm. then you were working... I mm, so up until the age of 24 I was and from 24 okay. I was back to full time again and the wonderful thing is that CBT cognitive behavioural yeah. therapy became so important for the way that I run my business it made me a fantastic leader it really we spoke um, before about um, be- being managers yes. and, and working in businesses and it's one thing that I was obviously a hairdresser and then I got shoved very youngly into this role as being a leader of people as well. And it was really, really difficult. And it's something that definitely cognitive behavioural therapy therapy helped me. Yeah, the way I spoke to people, the way that you can actually control a lot of situations and a lot of conversations by the way that you actually speak to people. Like using the word I, not you. People don't get defensive. And that's something that I use to this day, even when I have to bring someone into the office. Yes. In that situation, the way I speak to them, it works fantastic when I speak to family members um, and my son as well. Maybe not so good with my son. <laughs> but However. However, <laughs> but it works in the majority. Works with the majority. Yeah. No, it's funny because perception is reality. Mm. And that's what I think a lot of people forget when they're talking to people. A friend of mine ran me the other day and she said, oh, so-and-so's getting on my nerves. And I said, hang on a minute, this is how she feels. Mm-hmm. Her perception is reality. And she went, how do you know that, Sean? I said, well, I think it's called empathy. <laughs> but the, the flip side of that then, yeah. right, is that if she, like she's lucky, that friend that she yes. has you, because if you surround yourself, you are the five people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. And if you five people that are like literally getting on your last nerve and that are really, really annoying, well, then you can be that last person because like at the end of the day, like attracts like. Yeah. Yeah. And and actually, I, I surround, a lot of my friends are, are similar, but very different to me. Yes. Yeah. But and they that, have the same works. morals. Same morals. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's super that's important. I have dropped people in the past, literally yeah. because of bad morals. And I just, I find it very difficult if I have someone ringing me um, and every time they get on the phone and I have a couple of friends this has happened before they're constantly complaining and there's something not going on in their life I can be supportive up until a certain point Oh hang point. on a second my phone's just ringing Yeah <laughs> <laughs> No listen I, I got, I, you have to be very careful how much energy you give yeah. back it's yeah. like a battery pack. It yes. takes the same amount of energy to be positive. I actually do talk negative. about that at uh, our you? happiness events yeah because yeah it's you can't we all have a friend like that mm-hmm. and, and and I love them dearly but the amount of time that I spend giving my energy to it yes. has to be controlled. Otherwise, there's nothing left of me for me. And I think it's really important as women, because especially this is a women's podcast, it's really important that we need to treat ourselves so preciously when it comes to things like this, because it's very, very easy to overlook because you can have geographical friends that are just, you've known them so long, you may not have anything in common with them anymore. Yeah. Or you may have a sister that's, that is going through something very negative. Yeah. It can affect your mental health 
so much. And then that uh, that can trickle down if you have kids. It can just go down into them as well. Especially if you have daughters as well. They can pick up on it because they're like sponges. But I do. Well, I think and your friends, especially, you know, we talked earlier about that works in friendship and in business. Mm. Shit rolls downwards. So that is the best analogy I have ever An old boss told me that years and years ago. I was second in command and I had 112 staff working for me. And he was like, the the, the first thing you say to someone, you meet them you've set the scene mm-hmm. and shit rolls downwards so if I come in and have a go at you Sean you walk out and have a go at somebody else and that's the way that it works so mm-hmm. if I, you know so he would always start on a really positive note every morning and that would just just like a wave isn't it amazing oh it's it was brilliant and it's the one thing I've learned over the years as well is that my mood affects everyone in yeah. the salon more than anyone else like there's nothing worse like obviously if one of the juniors comes in in bad mood like you don't see it as much as the yes. same me because I have that effect on everyone when, when I walk in there because I'm trying to run things yeah. um and sometimes in the past I can now pinpoint out areas in family life and in work life where my my attitude has changed everything for people. A big time. There's many, there are days that I've had to walk into it and go, guys, I'm just going to keep myself to myself today. Mm-hmm. I am, I've got PMT, I'm perimenopausal, I'm <laughs> like a fiend, I don't upset anybody, but I've got to get this work done. So I'm just going to close the door and I'm not going to upset anybody and I'm just going to keep myself to the self because we have those days. We do. We and there's them. no point in denying it either. No, you There's can't, no you know, point. It, it is very right, easy though to act yeah. over that and that's something that I've had to learn in the past that I need to really take note myself when yes. I do that because co- going back from when I was in secondary school and I had that little clown act head on me trying to be Miss Popula and yeah. then kind of going on to actually leaving school not going through college so I've never had any of that college life yes. and going straight into working life to a job where I am an actress every single day uh, well uh, actress and therapist yeah, because there's you're, like, listen, you're a hairdresser. I'm a Pilates instructor. Yeah. We're therapists. We, we, we are. listen. I'm, I'm and the first we're fantastic person. people in pub quizzes because we've so much useless information <laughs> in our heads. But oh god, I don't know about that. I'm oh, so, no, we do. I've got no memory though. <laughs> I'm getting old. My memory is just gone. It's oh no, so it'll come out if you're in the winning mode. You'll, you'll find out. <laughs> I'm better at pub quizzes than trivia pursuit. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but um, so at 24, you went back into full time mm-hmm. work, and and what age were you then when you got the opportunity to take Oh, I was 24. So about 23 and I 24. Um, And then I took over the salon because I thought it was just a great thing to do. My parents were kind of horrified and they were like, are you sure? And I was like, no, I'm going doing this. So took over the salon, started out with just two other employees. One was part time at the weekends and the other girl was a junior. And then there was me. Um, Over the years, um, I built that up. I couldn't understand why people... Um, had really shit hair. And that has kind of evolved, I suppose, kind of like through everything. I I started out in social media quite a bit at that time. And I built up my following with my kind of no-nonsense attitude towards hair care. It was really, really good because it built up the business. I attracted the right kind of people to work for me. And I suppose between the period of that up into my 30s, I built up a team of about 15 we now have, um, got over 25 working inside the salon now. And where we, t- we were talking about drivers earlier, like to go from the salon that you were in to take over this huge establishment in the centre of town. Well, no, I, I hadn't. I didn't plan it on that way. It just, okay. I, like literally, I knew I wanted a move and I started looking around the local suburb of Glenmire. Then yeah. I went to Douglas, uh, which are all suburbs in Cork. Um 
And then there was just nothing suitable. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger until I found that and I was inside one of O'Callaghan's. Well, do you know what happened was I was just like, can I knock that wall? And they kept going, no. <laughs> and they just, look, we're going to shut her up. We're going to bring her down to Half Moon Street and show her a complete unit that needs to be fitted out. Yeah. And sure, I walked in. I knew, right, okay, that I couldn't tell my parents. I knew that there was, I was a girl from Formoy. Right, I was from like a, like the town of Formoy and I was here in the big city and I needed to kind of get all, it's the one thing, get all of my answers. Um, my mother, I love her, but she's a bubble burster. And if I ever came back with some great ideas, it would, like, it would just okay. burst the bubble. Something negative would be said. I'd end up arguing with them. No one would be happy. So what I needed to do, a very, very good advice. I go to a holistic therapist. She gave me amazing advice. Don't tell people your plans. Don't tell them your plans. Instead, write down the questions that the bubble bursters will ask you. Answer all of them and then tell them your plans. And it was the best piece of business advice I was ever given. Ever given. So I went away, answered all the questions and then like literally sat down in front of my parents when I had everything done just before I signed. Because I think my father would have whooped my ass if I signed a legal paper without (laughs) telling him because he still thought I was like 19. Yes, my daughter. So um, then we just kind of started out the longest fit out ever. We came up against so many things, so many things. So when we took over the unit, there was three years between the day we looked at it and when we opened the, and the what, building. Were you always comfortable with it? Like, did, was there times that you just thought, have I made a mistake? You know, did you get scared? Because it was a big move. Right. I was more like, when I look back, when I took over Glenmire, I didn't have a clue. What was going on? So you had nothing to be scared about. Exactly. Right. But, well, no. I look back now and I'm going, Jesus, that was a scary time. Because when I was moving into town, I had an amazing bookkeeper. I had a director, Pamela, who I couldn't live without. I had great support around me. Um, And I suppose it was a calculated risk. It was half a million calculated risk. But it was, it was, it was like, do you know Sorry. what? I will tell you one thing. I remember at one point there was a different change in the laws with ventilation. And it was going to go up something up more than 40 odd thousand euros for some certain thing. If my mother's listening, she's going to have a heart attack. She doesn't know how much anything costs. Um, <laughs> and literally, I remember at the time thinking, you're sure it's only a couple of more zeros. I would be more worried if I owed someone 500 euros. Yes. Than if I owed someone half a million. Okay. It's just qu- like I don't really understand that, but I'm just nodding my head. I'm just like, <laughs> what's the point in worrying about it? Well, you can't take it with you. I'm, I'm not a exactly. worrier of money, to be honest. It, it comes I'm the biggest risk taker. Yeah. I remember sitting inside when we were talking pensions with someone and like literally the guy from the bank was looking at me. I was like, oh no, I'd invest the whole lot of it. I, okay. I am like literally, I have no fear because... In a way, we kind of have lost it all like nearly before in the past when the recession happened. I've been through a recession now. Yes. I know what it's like to eat sausages and beans from Aldi. Yeah. I also know what Did it's you get like. sausages? We lived on courgettes. Was it courgettes? We lived on You're courgettes. You're very posh, Eva. <laughs> Just courgettes though. Oh God, nothing 39p else. courgettes. Go on. <laughs> I love it. I'm more of a sausage girl myself. <laughs> okay. That said. actually sounds so bad. So bad. So bad. TMI. We all know my orientation. <laughs> so, literally, I know what that's like. Yeah. I also know what it's like to be sitting on a sun lounger on the Amalfi Coast with a bottle of champagne going, what a fucking time to be alive. Yes. I know what that feeling is like too. 
I always want to be with that feeling. And Once with, everyone with is looked after, of that it's Amalfi not like coast. Okay, do you like because you've worked, 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 and worked? Mm-hmm. Do you ever regret the travel? Do you ever regret not having travelled, taking some time out? Do you ever regret? I now know that I would never have been a girl that would have liked to have gone travelling the okay. way that people, young people travel now. I'm like, I miss my mum way too much. Um, you take your mum a lot with you travelling though, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because you know what? She bloody deserves it. Yeah. God, that woman gave up her job, looked after my son when I was 19 to allow me to go back out and to hustle the way I did. She's my biggest supporter. She's tells me the truth all the time even sometimes when I don't want to hear about it that woman deserves it and I remember she looked after her mother my grandmother had dementia and she literally took her into our home she looked after her I remember my man bringing my grandmother everywhere and it was only let's say for a coffee but my grandmother would go to places like that for a coffee do you know let's say yes. a really posh cafe or something like yeah, that yeah. and she used to bring her shopping oh I want to share everything with my mother because she's so selfless she gave up everything for me and what's the favourite holiday you've been with her uh, I brought her to Dubai and I that watched that was, one actually. that was good that fun. was absolutely amazing like yeah. because she never ever thought that she would be going to Dubai and I was really really lucky because we got upgraded to the social media which was really really nice um, so we went business class and I remembered the Guy, when we were in Dublin Airport, literally turned around and said, "Oh, um, you're in the wrong lane. This is who's a country fella. Yeah. You're in the wrong lane. That's that's this is economy over here." And my mother goes, "I know. This is business class." <laughs> <laughs> She's oh, the best that. Irish mammy in the world. Like. Yeah. She'd insult you in a shot. Like. Yeah. So you're traveling now as you wanted to travel. Yes. Are you getting enough time off? I have now because I've taken a huge amount of time. I changed up my days. I take Thursdays and Fridays off now. Lovely. And I literally, on Thursday, go for holistic therapy. Okay. Every every Thursday. And yeah. it is worth every penny because it is so good for me. Um, Because I just don't know when to take time off. Like, I suppose Tuesdays I teach in the salon. Wednesdays I do some clients. I do colour correction. Thursday and Friday I take off. Saturday I work in the salon. Sunday I teach. So I could be teaching like anywhere in the country or yeah. I could be working abroad. I have a clientele in Dubai. Yeah. I work over there too. And I'm now a colour, excuse me, I work as a colour technician on the European team, a master colourist for Joico. So that brings me all over the world as well. Brilliant. So the travelling I do now, I don't feel guilty about. Yes. So I can afford to go on a nice holiday. Yeah. And have the V-Click and say, what a time to be alive. Um, I don't mind that because I work bloody hard to get there. No, absolutely. No embarrassment there. So, and that brings, like, obviously that brings, that makes you one busy, busy woman, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. But, like, you, whenever I see you, always have a massive, massive smile on your face. Oh, thank you. But you do. That's a nice thing to say. We should compliment each other, compliment but, each other more. But you do, because I, I can see you're happy in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But it is, isn't it? It's getting that balance. It's saying, I need that time off and I need yeah. to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. It's very, very difficult to do. And sometimes you've got to go tumbling down to the bottom to realise that. And I suppose it's something over the last couple of months that's happened with me. And I, I can't be angry about it. Yeah. Life teaches us a lesson. I was just there to learn that lesson at that time. No, absolutely. Oh, do you know what? It's, it, it, I love talking to you. It, it's great. Oh, thanks, But um, obviously the podcast itself is called Be Bell and, and it stems from just the word beauty. Um, and, you know, everybody has a different idea of what beautiful is to them. Mm-hmm. What would it be to you? See, when I think about this, because I'm in the beauty industry, yes. I just think good hair. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> Basic. Good hair. That's I the end know, of it. but like to me, because I've made so many people happy, I've had so many people yeah. sit in front of me saying, so I a never straight thought after this. I had. <laughs> but they say, I never thought that I could look like this. This was in my dreams because your hair is on your head. You can't take it off. Throw it in the back of a wardrobe. Yeah. So to me, if you can change someone's eye colour and you can change someone's personality by making them happier just by hair, I know that's so, it's, it sounds a bit weird, but for me, it comes down to everything. No, it's your passion. Mm. It's your passion. Mm. So your predecessors, everybody mm-hmm. leaves a few questions. Um, this so makes me nervous. No, don't be nervous. No, because there are obviously generic. people that like have come. Do you answer all of these? No, just pick a couple. We'll see how we get on. We go for the first and we go for the last. Okay. It's like the red chair. I Do you know, know the red chair I in... I um, the red chair is. No, no, it's on Graham Norton, just at the end oh, of the red sorry. chair. Oh, Okay, I'm and not flipping like you. don't you. know what you're getting. I'm not That's flipping okay. you. The f- your favourite song and its meaning to you. Oh, my God almighty. So you listen to music all day, I presume? No, I am like a music fiend. I love music. Like, I love dance music. Okay, this is pretty recent, actually. Well, okay. it's not a recent song, but it's a moment. Yeah. So, oh, I hit the microphone. Sorry. That's okay. Um... I love festivals. I'm crazy. I go like to festivals, but there was this one moment like last year where we met Pete, this group from Navin, these boys, they were so funny. Yeah. And then there was all of our group that we've met over the years. We went to Electric Picnic last year and we were so lucky to see um, Keith Flint who sadly passed away. Oh. Um, Firestarter started yeah, yeah. The Prodigy. Yeah, yeah. And we all looked at each other and that moment I will never forget like that moment where we were just all so happy where there was people who grew up with all different pasts and we got to that moment and we were just like I'm a Firestarter. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's such a moment. Brilliant. And what, what um, that was Electric Picnic. Electric Picnic last yeah. year. I've never. What's your favourite festival? My f- All Together Now. Okay. Oh my God, it's on in two weeks time. And that's on, it's on the same weekend as Independence, isn't it? It, uh, it is, yes, yes. But this is an older one. This is for people who are kind of okay. over twenty three. I'm really oh, lucky because, like, this, the, like, from being social media, I get kind of sent to festivals now. So it's like, oh my god! But this is one okay. I would pay triple for. It's oh, really. It's the original um, organizers of Electric Picnic. Oh, okay. So they have taken out all the sponsorship, so you can bring your drink in. There's none of this crap yeah. now where it's like about money making. It's really cool. Cool. And like it's about the sound atmosphere. That? All older people. Next Fabulous. question. Next question. Set goals or no goals? I think we've kind of talked know, about this a little, we did. haven't we? Yeah, but one thing I would actually advise people to do on a personal level, if it's not business, is set up Pinterest and set up your goals for your year of pictures, visual things. So like literally, I've put up like a new car. I like that. So that's maybe for goals, just for people. Yeah. Kind of like it's a nice... And Pinterest is, is nice and it's good yeah. to look at. And Everything it's not too that stressful. I've saved on a board, I've ended up owning. Really? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm one of these believers. So when it sets goals, even if it's someone that's just listening that maybe wants a new bag this year. Yes. Get it visual. Get yeah. a Pinterest board. Save it to your board. Simple. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Sabrina, thank you so much. No problem. We shall thank leave you. it there. I hope you have a wicked time at the festival in two weeks. I bloody will. And um, we shall speak soon. Thank you thank so you much. Too. Thank you.